The Sports Gambling Podcast Network is sponsored by MyBookie.ag. Log into MyBookie now and get yourself a 50% deposit bonus up to $3,000 simply by using the promo code SGP50. With MyBookie.ag, it couldn't be more simple. You play, you win, you get paid. The Sports Gambling Podcast Network is also sponsored by Oddshark. Head over to Oddshark now to get free picks from the supercomputer and expert writing staff. You'll also find the latest odds for every big game and fight from all the major online sportsbooks and casinos and betting stats and trends you won't find anywhere else. So head over to www.oddshark.com and give them a follow on Twitter at Oddshark. <laughs> guys this is your champions league futures show coming off the back of the last 16 champions league draw we're 24 hours late on this one because obviously we are digesting the news of jose Mourinho being sacked as the man united manager i'm glad i didn't just do this podcast as soon as the draw happened and uh, I waited another extra day because there were strong rumours that an appointment would be made immediately so as we're coming on that is the case Mourinho out Ole Gunnar Solskjaer Manchester United legend Champions League winner scored the winner in the Champions League final in 1999 the most famous moment in the club's history was produced by the new manager Ole Gunnar Solskjaer he'll be in temporary charge until the end of the season probably take a miracle for him to keep the job I think he's going to go back to Molde in Norway which is his proper club that he manages and he's taking this on a temporary basis the only way that he gets the job, in my opinion, is if A, he wins the Champions League or B, he qualifies for the Champions League um, via the top four. And that's that's probably not going to happen, either one of those. I guess an outside chance would be if he challenges for the top four, which United aren't even doing. They have a good Champions League run and possibly win the other trophy that they're involved in, which is the FA Cup. So all three routes are long-winded. The FA Cup route and improving the team in general um, is probably the most likely. But either way, I think what we're looking at here is Mauricio Pochettino coming in from Tottenham. Um, barring that, it'll be Zinazine Zidane. The problem is if you make a commitment to Pochettino, Zinazine Zidane's pride will then not allow him to take the job. I feel Zizou will want to be the first choice outright if there's any rumblings that there have been talks of Pochettino and he turns down the job I think we're going to lose Zidane as well so we have to make a commitment to one man if we want Zidane we can go and get him if we want Pochettino it's going to be a lot harder because we're taking him away from a club but I think ultimately being the Man United manager or being the, the manager of shitty Tottenham I think you end up taking the Man United job all day long there's just so much more money involved there's so much more history it's a much bigger club Tottenham can't buy any players because they're going to be paying off for their new stadium for years and they're not going to win anything in my opinion and they're just going to 
be there or thereabouts in the top four. And that's only if they keep all of their players. They still need to buy two or three more world-class players to actually challenge for the Premier League. And that's never going to happen. The only thing that they might win are the little cup competitions like the League Cup, which are in the semi-final of all the FA Cup. So I think Pochettino will fancy the move to Man United. I think he'll end up being a choice. And as I said, that will eliminate Zinazine Zidane. But saying that, if Pochettino turns down a job, that will also eliminate Zinazine Zidane. So then it brings in some of the outsiders in this market, such as Lauren Blanc, or of course, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer keeping a job. As things stand, Pochettino is a six to four favorite to take this job. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is the four to one second favorite because he is the man in the hot seat You've then got Allegri of Juve at six to one. Zidane is a seven to one outsider now, and uh, Laurent Blanc is an even bigger outsider at twelve to one. But definitely worth a bit of money because I think he will be the man that takes it if Pochettino turns it down and Zidane takes some kind of offence to be in a second choice because. As I said, Zidane's not going to be anybody's second choice. So that's the Man United manager's market and situation. Of course, Man United ended up with a very bad draw here in this Champions League. They ended up going up against a Paris Saint-Germain. We're not going to look at the individual matches as such. So we're not going to break down Man United's home Man United's home game against Paris Saint-Germain or anything like that because those ties will break down nearer the time once we have team news and information etc we can break down the overall tie as in who will qualify for the next round and also we can look at the futures market so we'll actually start on that game because I think on paper is the the biggest game of the round Paris Saint-Germain are very favourably priced here at one to two, and Man United are available at six to four to qualify. I don't see how you're giving Man United away here at six to four. Man United should be at least two to one to win this game, and Paris, I think, a fair price for them to qualify from this game would be one to four minus four hundred. I just don't see how. Man United are going to get this sorted out by then. I don't think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is going to be given a whole load of funds in January. Primarily, this is still the defence that have conceded the same amount of goals already this season as they did of the entire spell of last season. So it's not looking good at the back. David De Gea is playing poorly. The morale in the side is generally poor. In saying that, I do think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer will rally the troops. I do think they'll get a lot better, but this is a talent issue in this game and that Paris have a plethora of world-class footballers and Man United right now just don't. They have Pogba when he feels like playing. They have Martial and Rashford who have world-class potential. They have Lukaku who can be world-class, but only in his position and only when the team is built around him. So it has to be very much catered to get the ball up to Lukaku, get the ball into Lukaku for crosses and headers. So when it's a team that put the ball down on the ground and play football, and want to press teams, that's not where Lukaku's good. So there's a lot of teams he wouldn't fit into. In saying that, 
if you put Lukaku into certain teams where there's a lot of chances created and there's a lot of bits and pieces to to um, to pick up, Lukaku's going to end up scoring a ton of goals. So it's a weird one with Romelu Lukaku. What do you do with him? How do you play for him? I don't think these problems are going to be resolved by the time we get to this Paris game. And primarily the main issue is going to be the amount of away goals Paris are capable of scoring. Even if Man United are able to pull off some kind of victory at Old Trafford, you can be rest assured that Paris Saint-Germain will be taking away goals back to Paris where they are more than likely to win the game. Even if Man United managed to avoid a defeat in Paris, the away goals will still count. If it's 2-2 at Old Trafford and 1-0 at Paris, then Paris will still advance. And that's a really good scenario for Man United. I'm expecting something a lot different. I'm expecting two wins here for Paris Saint-Germain. I think they're going to go to Old Trafford and win, maybe 2-1, 3-1, and then they'll finish the job in front of their fans in Paris. I'm not expecting this to be a close tie at all, although it is one of the more closely priced up ties from the round. Up next, I'm going to look at Ajax versus Real Madrid, where Ajax are 3-1 to one and Real Madrid are 1-4. to four. This is an interesting one because even Real Madrid could have a new manager by the time this starts. They're already being linked to Jose Mourinho. They're already tired of Solari. He's only lost two games, but the manner he lost them in, both 3-0, where Real Madrid looked awful, his wins are bad. He won last week 1-0 against Raya Vallecano, and they looked awful. They looked absolutely shocking. They're, they're winning games 1-0 quite regularly. Um, there is no attacking potency from this team. They look lost without Cristiano Ronaldo. They haven't replaced him. They're leaking goals. Sergio Ramos doesn't look like the same player. Rafa Varane doesn't look like the same player that won the World Cup. A lot of these France players are having a World Cup hangover. I would say even Antoine Griezmann's not having his best season that he's ever had. It's the same for a lot of these players that won the World Cup. Lucas Hernandez has been sold to Bayern Munich. He's a World Cup winning left back for France. Atletico Madrid don't want him. Can't get in a team. It's been sold already. So there's, there could be a lot to say for that. Where do you go after you've won the biggest tournament in the entire world? And it looks like a lot of these France players have come back very unmotivated. Pogba's not playing that well. Olivier Giroud looks like he'll kick a ball over Donald Trump's fence. Uh, doesn't even look like he could hit that at the moment. Um, Hugo Lloris has been all over the place. He's not been good. Um, Titi at Barcelona, he's not been good. The whole team, man, like you run through them. The, the France players have not come back and played well. The only one who has, I would say, is Kylian Mbappe. And um, that's why Kylian Mbappe is one of the best players in the world and why he will be the best player in the world. He will be the man that replaces the legacy of Messi and Ronaldo. He will be the one who steps into their shoes. It will not be Neymar. It will be Kylian Mbappe. That kid has got his head screwed onto his shoulders and I would not be surprised that he's the man that carries Paris Saint-Germain to a Champions League at the end of the season. 
Moving back onto this tie, I think Rail have lucked out here. Um, I'm not very confident picking them under current management, but there, if there is some kind of managerial change, maybe even a Mourinho, is it far-fetched that Mourinho goes to Real Madrid and wins the Champions League? I don't think it is. And um, I'm going to take them to win this tie on as I do this today, in mid-December. So that's a very early pick for this. A lot of things can change in the three months between now Sorry, the two months between now and when we actually end up playing these matches. Atletico Madrid versus Juventus. Atletico Madrid are six to four underdogs to get through, and Juventus are one to two. Now, explain to me how you can price this game up the same as the Manchester United versus Paris Saint Germain game. Because this one for me is far more of a toss-up. And I do think it's generally priced correctly. However, if you're going to have United and Paris at 1-2 to two and 6-4, to four, you've got to have this one as Juventus at 4-6 to six minus 150 and Atletico Madrid at 6-5. to five. But that's not been the case. So you are getting value here on Atletico at 6-4, to 100%. Whether they can do it or not is another thing. They do have the game, the, sorry, the final is being played in Atletico Madrid's stadium. So they'll be heavily motivated to get there. I think the ultimate price, though, will be paid for the fact that they failed to win their group. And that is always something that goes to goes on to bite people in the ass if they fail to win their group. If they're complacent, if they think they can rest players at times where they can't rest players, Atletico Madrid were caught out. They thought they could just turn up and beat Club Rouge on the last day of match day six in the Champions League, and they didn't. Borussia Dortmund went ahead of him. That's why Borussia Dortmund have an easier game against Tottenham, a game that Atletico probably would have won. And now they are in the shit because they are playing against a team who are one of the favourites for this competition. Now, Juventus aren't invincible at all. They've been beaten by young boys in this competition. They've been beaten by Man United. They've conceded more goals in Serie A than they would usually. However... They're sitting top of the table with 14 wins and a draw. So how much can we really be negative about them? When this part of the season comes, I think they'll get their act together. They've signed additional players to challenge for this Champions League. That's why Leonardo Benucci is back there. And that's why you have that guy up front. I forget his name sometimes. Oh yeah, Cristiano Ronaldo playing up front for Real Madrid. Uh, Mandzukic is playing really well at the moment. He's chipping in with his goals as well. They've got someone like Dabala, who's one of the best creative players in the world. Matuidi does a job for them. Chiellini still going strong. The only question mark I would have over this team is the fact that they do not have a very good goalkeeper. Chesney is not good enough to be playing in the Juventus team. And that could be their Achilles heels. But I think a more attacking team will be the one that find it. And uh, I think that they can get past Atletico Madrid here, narrowly in this round, ending the dream of Atletico making it through to the final in their own stadium. Liverpool versus Bayern Munich. There's another great tie here. The bookies 
I've got this as a complete 10 to 11, 10 to 11, minus 110, minus 110 split. I don't see it. I don't see it at all. Bayern Munich are struggling to win a very, very easy Bundesliga. They are trailing Borussia Dortmund right now. I believe as we do this, the lead has been reduced. So we won't talk about it actually because Bayern Munich need to win tonight as I'm recording this. So we, we can't say what it's going to be reduced to. But there's a significant gap at the moment. But Dortmund lost last night and Bayern Munich will be hoping to make up those points with, with a win. So that may be the case. It could be completely changed by the time we get to this game in two months. Bayern Munich could be back at the top of the pile. But at the moment, they're not playing very well. And they have a lot of German World Cup players who didn't play very well during the World Cup. There's some kind of hangover here. There's some kind of stale issues here with the same team being there over and over again, year out, year out, and failing in this competition. This is the big one. They normally walk their league. And now there's so much complacency here. They're not even doing that. So how can they expect to win the Champions League when the thing that they've done so easily is not even coming right for them? And uh, they didn't look very good in the group stages. I actually have beat them twice, but they didn't. They allowed Bayern to win this group. They're old. They're full of players in their 30s. Their defenders are shit and overrated. Jerome Botang, he can't defend. He's more interested in doing modelling shoots. Uh, Matt Hummels is one of the most overrated players in the world. I don't rate Saul, who's come in to replace him. I think David, David Alaba is overrated. Ribery and Robin are old. The only top, top player they've got there is Lewandowski. And even he's been dying to move to Real Madrid for years. And that could actually happen. Probably not in January, but, but definitely next summer. And um, James Rodriguez has never reached his full potential. In addition to that, even in the goalkeeping situation, has this goalkeeping situation been fully resolved? Is Manuel Neuer the goalkeeper that he used to be? Because he is not having a good season either, just like David De Gea. Since he's come back injured, ever since the World Cup, actually, Manuel Neuer has not looked like Manuel Neuer. So, so many problems for Bayern and Liverpool don't have them. Liverpool don't have these problems. Liverpool come into this with um, themselves being top of the Premier League. Well, they're, they're top right now, but as I'm doing this, they're top of the Premier League. Um, they are 100% home record. They've been poor away, and that will be the issue. Liverpool will need to formulate a lead at Anfield. So almost, I don't want to talk about match betting, but almost a better way to bet this would be to take Liverpool to definitely win the first leg at Anfield. Because if Liverpool are going to qualify, they're going to do it at Anfield. It's going to be an insurmountable lead. And insurmountable in this stage of the Champions League, in my opinion, can just be two goals. Because 2-0 or 3-1 is an incredible result for Liverpool. I don't see Bayern beating Liverpool by more than that. Yeah, Liverpool have been shipped away from home, but they've not been getting dicked by anybody. They had a 1-0 defeat against Napoli and a 2-1 defeat against Paris Saint-Germain. And that Red Star Belgrade game was a complete anomaly where they thought they was going to turn up and win and they just didn't turn up. So there was a lot of changes made to that team by Jurgen Klopp as well. Jurgen Klopp has experience against Bayern Munich. He's had their number many times in the past. And although he's a very overrated manager who hasn't really won a lot of trophies and seems to be 
getting special praise because he hugs his players a lot and I don't like the guy and I don't like Liverpool and I don't like anything about Liverpool and I don't like any of their players and I'd love to see Bayern Munich go out of this competition this isn't going to happen uh, I think Liverpool have got the beating of Bayern I think the pace that Liverpool attack with is going to scare the shit out of them I think they're going to press these crappy defenders that Bayern Munich have in their team and I just think that Liverpool are going to comfortably advance from this game and I just don't see the minus 110 minus 110 split on this one uh, Liverpool for me in this one obviously as you've gathered up next, we're going to look at Tottenham versus Dortmund, where Tottenham are also 10 to 11 and Dortmund are also 10 to 11. This one is a legitimate 10 to 11, 10 to 11, because I don't know what's going to happen here. This slightly favours Dortmund because Dortmund get to play the second leg at home and they will know exactly what they need to do. They can go to Tottenham, which will probably still be at Wembley at this point, score away goals and then finish the job at home. However, Tottenham have got the better players. There isn't a lot of Dortmund players that would get into the Tottenham team. Tottenham's 11 is far better than Borussia Dortmund. And when you're looking at a market and when you're looking to have a bet, if you're getting two teams at 10 to 11, two teams at 10 to 11, 10 to 11, sorry, try saying that 10 times. If you're getting two teams at 10 to 11, 10 to 11, there you go, um, you have to go with a team they've got the better players. And in this instance, Tottenham have got the better players. They also hold a win over Dortmund from last season, where Tottenham looked far better than Borussia Dortmund. It'll be interesting to see how Tottenham's legs are in two months' time. They do primarily have a very small squad and do only do well when they're able to play their first team. However, there have been instances this season where they've been able to win without playing Harry Kane. I don't think Harry Kane will play tonight against Arsenal, but I do think Tottenham will beat Arsenal. I just feel that when people rest the players, Tottenham have better players that can come in. And now overall, Tottenham actually don't have a very big squad, but they do have a very small group of players that are really, really good. Their rotation between... 16 players not the entire squad of 22 but the 16 players that Tottenham have are very 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 good the fact that you can bring in Sanchez as a centre-back to, to, to replace either Vertonghen or Alder Wilder is really good you have Davis and Rose at fullbacks you have Trippier and Aurier as as right fullbacks you have the whole dichotomy of attacking midfielders. You can play either three of Son, Eriksen, Ali, Lucas Moura or Eric Lamella. And all of them are really good players. So I think all of them are even better than what Dortmund have. I think in my opinion, and don't shoot me down for this because I know he's an American, but I think Tottenham's five players there, the five attacking midfielders, are all better than Christian Pulisic. And I think they're all better than Marco Royce. So reluctantly, I am going to take Tottenham to qualify in this game. But again, we'll see where we're at in two months' time. We'll see what the form's like and we'll have a look at this again when we break down the individual games for this round of the Champions League. 
A few more ties to cover. I don't really want to cover them too extensively. Um, you've got Roma against Porto. Roma get the first leg at home here. Again, it's another 10 to 11, 10 to 11. But once again, for me, you look at what's on the pitch. Porto ultimately a selling club whose best players do move on. Roma are last season's semi-finalists, only failing to qualify because they couldn't get one more extra goal against Liverpool. So for me, Roma are definitely the play there. In the other two games... They look very, very one-sided. Barcelona and Manchester City have very much lucked out with the draw here. The fact that Barcelona get to play Lyon, where they're 1-8 to eight to qualify, and Manchester City have been drawn against the weakest team in the entire Champions League, Schalke, where they are 1-10 to, 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 to qualify, doesn't make these games worthy of covering or these ties worthy of covering we will have bets as we get nearer the time and we'll cover them more extensively but Manchester City and Barcelona will comfortably qualify and that's probably why Manchester City and Barcelona are the clear outright favourites for the Champions League Man City 3-1 to one, Barcelona 4-1 to one. I think they've got that the wrong, the wrong way round if Barcelona can make a massive leap and win or put themselves in a position to comfortably win the La Liga title, which they should do because it does seem like a league nobody wants to win. Real Madrid are an absolute mess. Atletico are drawing games far too regularly. I mean, their record as it stands, I believe, is 1-8, draw drawn 7 and, and lost 1. They certainly need to start turning those draws into wins. Uh, I think they'll be the nearest challengers to Barcelona. Um, Real Madrid aren't in it. I think Sevilla will fade away. So, yeah, it's... Um, it's all going to be down to, in my opinion, which one of these teams have more to do in their league. And Manchester City, unfortunately for them, are involved in a very tight title race. Um, you, Barcelona could be not involved in one by the time two months passes. If they do get their act together, they can pull away from everyone else. So looking at that and looking at what I just said... That being the Champions League favours the teams that have the least to do in their domestic league, it then certainly brings into play the next two favourites in this market, which is Juventus at seven to one and Paris Saint Germain at eight to one. These teams are not involved in a title race, Barcelona are. At the moment, Manchester City are. Even Bayern Munich are involved in one. Borussia Dortmund are involved in one. Atletico are. But Paris Saint-Germain are certainly not involved in a title race. And Juventus don't look like being embroiled in one anytime soon. The fact that they're miles clear, having only drawn one game in the league all season. So, for me... They will be the two to look at. Juventus have got the tougher tie, but they have more pedigree than Paris. Paris is a team that are desperate to win the Champions League and will not be taken seriously as a major club until they do. This is their goal. This is their ambition. This is what the investors built Paris Saint-Germain for. This is why Nike and Air Jordan and 
all these other sponsors are tying themselves to Paris Saint-Germain. This is why Neymar went there to win the Champions League and to look like the, the main man doing it so that he can win the Ballon d'Or. And either him or Mbappe will do next year if they end up winning this tournament. So... It's all on Paris. A lot of pressure on them every time they go out and play in the Champions League. If they can cope with the pressure, they'll win this tournament. If not, I think it's going to go to Juventus. The only other team I think are in the conversation are Barcelona. And the only way Barcelona, for me, get into the competition is if they're able to do what they've been doing recently for the first time ever is rest Lionel Messi for once. He's not 20 years old anymore. He's getting towards his 30s. You need to rest this guy. You need to win games without him. He needs to be fresh for the Champions League. He's the greatest Champions League player of all time, despite the fact, well, actually... I, I withdraw that statement. I would actually say the fact that I think he's been overtaken by the fact that Ronaldo has now gone and won three in a row. And I would say he's narrowly ahead of him. But Messi will not want that to be his history. Messi will not want that statement to stand. Messi will not want to retire knowing that Ronaldo's won more Champions Leagues than him or that Ronaldo won three in a row. Barcelona as a club need another Champions League. And I think that will be their primary focus, especially because their neighbours or their rivals, Real Madrid, have won three in a row. So I think almost... The, 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 champ, the, the league could even be sacrificed. You may see a shock winner like Atletico Madrid in La Liga if Barcelona decide to put all eggs in this Champions League basket. It's very, very interesting because you have three teams here in Barcelona, Juventus and Paris Saint-Germain who would rather win this than win their domestic league. The same can't be said for City. The feeling I get from City fans is that they would rather retain the Premier League than win the Champions League, which is why they, they fail to attend games. They have low attendance for the Champions League. They're not interested with it. It hasn't struck a chord. Paris, Barcelona and Juventus are desperate. This is the one they want. And it's very, very hard for me to make a pick when pressed. I'm narrowly going to go for Juventus, especially if they can get through the next round. If they don't, I think that Barcelona may just have too much for Paris Saint-Germain. I think Paris Saint-Germain won't have the bottle to see it through. If I could pick somebody to win it, I think I would love to see Paris win it. Even as a Man United supporter, I know that would mean going past Man United, but realistically, I don't think Man United have got a chance in that tie. Obviously, it would be an absolute dream if Man United win it. But, you know, that would be like um, the New York Giants winning the Super Bowl. I think when Ryan comes on and does the podcast every year, he, he knows that his team are not going to win the Super Bowl again. But And that's that's kind of the feeling I have. Yeah, it'd be nice, nice miracle, but Man United are not winning this competition. So that's it for me. Go check me out at lockbetting.com where you will find the European show. There's also a daily lockdog tease on every day of Champions League. So every time, every day there's a Champions League game, there'll be an individual lockdog and parlay. So go and check out that. The PL for lock betting, it's another strong month. We are £1,400 up for December. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not going to be one of these people that come in and say, we're winning, we're winning all the time, we're winning all the time. We're unbelievable. We did shit on Sunday. I My picks went 0-4 members picks but we are still riding out a 1400 
1400 pound profit there's forgiveness there when you've won um 2437 pounds in one month and 2237 pounds in another month but the nfl was shit on sunday we lost four units and it was annoying and it and it happened and it also happened on week two where i went one and six in week two i'm not going to blow smoke up your ass and come here and say I win every week I win every week I win every week you can't lose with me it's fucking gambling we're on the sports gambling podcast network everything we do is a gamble if it's if it's a one to ten bet or a two to one bet or a hundred to one it's all gambling it's all gambling it doesn't it's not all 10 to 11 10 to 11 it's not it's, it, there's, there's there's different odds and prices but it's all gambling and every single thing is a gamble every time that you put your money down on an outcome you're taking a risk and um, we just happen to be £1,400 up for December we just happen to have won over two grand for the last two months we just happen to have never ever ever had a losing month in four and a half years I've never had a losing month in four and a half years ever that's why you need to go to my website lockben.com but i had a losing sunday in the nfl and i want to bounce back this week and i'm not going to come in here and lie to you and say that i didn't so that's it for me guys as i said check me out on lockbetting.com also check me out this week on the epl show uh, my lock dog and tease is actually on the main show i actually managed to get my recording in this week do a little update about where me and kramer are sitting it's currently four free to me i'm not happy about that i feel like i'm playing down to my competition so i've posted a solid lock on there this week in my defense I did want to lock up the Jaguars and the Redskins to go under 37, but we're not allowed to lock up titles. And I did land my teaser and my dog on that show as well, the Titans beating the Giants. So go and have a listen to see what I've done this week. And of course, listen to the EPL show, 15 and 5 on the locks. And the European show that I do over at lockbetting.com is currently sitting at 14 and 2 for the season. That's 14 and 2 on the locks over on the European show. As we're doing the Champions League, just just a quick update on that. Our locks for the Champions League season so far, that closed out at 12 and 6. A very disappointing end we let some locks go on that final match day match day six um where a lot of teams just didn't really put in the effort that we were expecting we are massively let down by inter milan and juventus inter milan badly needed to win that game that's a real head scratcher to me and and of course juve using losing to young boys when they needed to uh, win to make sure that they won the group man united messed up against valencia anyway hence why Mourinho is now unemployed so Anyway, I've gone long here um, on this Champions League show. I've plugged everything. You know exactly where to find me. Good luck with all of your bets, and I will catch you over on the EPL show. Thanks for listening, guys.
It's finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter, and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, now at your local Honda dealer.